biblical fasting. Okay, so you already heard, thank you Pastor Jamil for taking one of my main points, you already heard this word deny, so I already know we're not going to like it, because there is something about denying oneself for this understanding of fasting. But I thought to myself, what connection do we have when it comes to just the topic of fasting, just the idea of fasting? And how many of you, when you have to give blood work, okay, you, and you have to do fasting blood work, that you try to get the earliest appointment to get that blood work done because the thought, I'm not even done asking the question yet, okay? Because the thought of going past 10 o'clock without eating from the last time you ate, maybe 7, 8, 9 o'clock the night before, that you just look at, oh, my appointment's at 9.15 and think, I would much rather die than have to go through this. Exactly. That we look at this idea of fasting in a real negative light. Or you've jumped on a lot of the intermittent fasting uh, kind of health plans or fads. You know, because there's been a lot more work on fasting done in the last 25 years. Even to the point where they've kind of roped the Bible into some of this. You have the Ezra fast. You have the Daniel fast. You have the Elijah fast. You have the uh, Jesus fast. and, And people kind of put these ideas of fasting on this idea of spirituality or being a better believer or Christian. And I, I, I hate to say it, I think a lot of it is misguided. I think a lot of it is misunderstood. And I'm not saying that intermass, intermittent fasting is bad. If you are an intermittent faster, I try to do it a little bit uh, here and there throughout my week. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's sin or anything like that. But the understanding of biblical fasting, the spiritual discipline of fasting goes beyond this idea of just not eating in a time period, whether preparing for blood work or doing an intermittent fast. There is so much more to the spiritual discipline of fasting and the spiritual disciplines in general than what we, I believe we walk or bring to it. Because a lot of times we look at spiritual discipline with an egotistical understanding. What am I going to get out of this? And what we're going to journey through the next couple weeks is this understanding that, as the bumper video showed in a really quirky way, the opportunity to eat is every second of our day. Maybe not when we're sleeping. But this, the, I, the abundance of food that is available to us just on two football fields of Ridge Road is unbelievable. That in our society today, in the West, in the Midwest, in Munster, Indiana, right, we have this opportunity to just eat and eat and eat and eat. And it doesn't really impact us much. My guess is we don't really think about it. And maybe if you've ever been to a third world country and you see where food is not readily available, that they plan weeks for having their maybe one giant meal for half a week, that whole thing is lost on us. So one of the things we're going to do is we are going to uh, look at different facets of fasting, because there's more than one. It's not just one idea. We're going to look at it throughout the week, okay? Fun little game that Mike and I decided is that we, are, we put a restaurant in each of the sermon series titles, Because we're going to look today at fasting is more, right? It's more than just not eating McDonald's for a meal, right? That's not a biblical fast, per se. But a way that we're going to engage is each Sunday, 
hidden throughout, one in the balcony and two on the main level for the annex, are gift cards to all of the different restaurants. That Now, I probably should have told you this at the end of the sermon. I am now realizing. You are not allowed to search for it during the sermon. Okay, so if you, uh, families, if all of a sudden someone's like has to go to the bathroom three or four times, stop them, right? Because they're searching for those said gift cards. But it's just going to be every week. It's just a fun way just to kind of have fun and be interactive with the sermon. But this understanding of fasting, when we're looking at uh, kind of this, this biblical mandate, discipline of fasting, we have to start with a definition. But before we do that, we're going to jump into the book of Daniel. Okay, because Daniel, we see fasting happening throughout Daniel's story. Throughout the narrative of Daniel, be in Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. And then we're going to give a definition of fasting that we're going to carry with us throughout this sermon series. Okay? So Daniel chapter 1, verses 3 through 10 says this. Then the king commanded Ashapaz, the chief the chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate, and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names. Daniel called uh, Bethshelshazzar, sure. Hananiah they called Shadrach. Mishael they called Meshach. And Azariah they called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore he, asked the, therefore, he asked the chief and the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. So understand that we have, oh, sorry, I have to go to verse 10. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord and king who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. So understand that there was this, this, this educational system that Daniel was a part of. And we won't really continue much in the Daniel story, but I encourage you today to read it. It's, it's phenomenal to see Daniel's purpose in denying himself food for spiritual reasons. Okay? Richard Foster, one of the kind of modern-day authors, theologians about spiritual disciplines, he wrote a book called The Celebration of Discipline, which is excellent if you ever want to read it, goes through all the different spiritual disciplines. He's going to help us today in our sermon. He's going to help me with my points, but he also gives us a definition, a definition we're going to work through, the purpose and power of fasting. Fasting is the voluntary denial of, of an otherwise normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. Okay, one more time. The power and purpose of fasting. Fasting is the voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. Okay, three people react to that definition. 
Amen. <laughs> Since you're all fasting from talking right now, I'm, I'll, I'll use that one. Mark. Choosing to do without, okay? Anyone else? It's not about me. Define intense spiritual activity, okay? Richard does that in the book, so if you want to read it, we're not going to talk too much about that today. But in some ways, this vo the word voluntary gets me, and I'm sure it got at least 70% of you, right? That voluntary denial. We don't like that. Let's call a spade a spade this morning. We don't like that. That I want to voluntarily deny myself of something normal. We strive for normal. We strive for things to be normal in our life. How many of you love routine? How many of you hate routine? I'll pray for you. Uh, but we, we do. That, that we, we have this purpose, you know, we feel like we have this, that we need to have these routine activities in our life or else we feel lost or we feel chaotic or we feel anxious or we just fall apart or whatever it is. That fasting is a voluntary denial of something. It's fantastic. It's exquisite Christian activity. It shows a mature Christian spirit. Someone who is a new believer, fasting isn't going to make sense. That there's an understanding that this is a mature understanding of what it means to be a believer. That fasting is a discipline that we should be growing in as people, along with other disciplines, which we'll get to in other weeks. But I wanted to start with this one because immediately we go to food. And like I said a couple minutes ago, food is readily available. How many of you are going to have lunch today? How many of you are going to have dinner? How many of you are going to have dessert? How many of you are going to have second dinner? Oh, we still got a second dinner. Okay. All right. How many of you are going to go out to eat today? And this is not a conversation about you don't do it on the Sabbath, right? Jesus came and fulfilled a lot of that. Uh, but how many people are going to go out to eat this week? How many people are going to go out to eat another day this week outside of today? Okay, take a look. We're not going to judge them because I'll put my hand up too because I have two lunch appointments. That we, There's already planning to do that. That we are planning to go out and get food. And that's okay. This isn't bad. I'm not dogging any of you. I love some of the food places around Munster and around this area. I hate some of the food places around Munster and around this area, right? There are some places I don't think should be serving food, right? Because I'm a foodie and I have a high opinion of that, even though I do like Taco Bell. I feel the judgment coming from this side, probably from Nikki. But yeah, I do feel the judgment. Uh, but we don't think about it too much. The only time I ever think about food is if I'm counting calories for a diet, right? Because I am a calorie counter at times, whether I'm doing the intermittent fasting or if the budget's low. That's when I think about the food. That's when I think about kind of what it is that I'm going to eat. And it's not so much what we eat, it's just eating in general. That we don't think about it. We just do it. We are in a society that it's for the most part, readily available for us. One of the craziest things 
was the second time I went to go see the Schmitz to bring them more food when I brought the two frozen containers. And I'm going to call her out. She's going to hate it. But Gwen, Gwen Recker made all these individual, like, frozen desserts. And the boys just love the, what are they, almond what, Gwen? Almond bread. They just absolutely love it. The eyes, their eyes got massive when I brought all of this food. And it's not that they were in poverty. It's not like, you know, Ukraine pre-war was this impoverished nation, right, that you see commercials for only a dollar a day with Sarah McLaughlin in the background, right? No, that wasn't Ukraine. But their understanding of food was just very different. And Alex made a comment. He just said, wow, people in the U.S. eat a lot. I felt very self-conscious. I was, thank God I was wearing a hoodie. You know, uh, because it was feeling a little chunky. You know, no. I, but it would, this understanding of kind of the concept of food. So I'm just going to throw this out there as we start the sermon. Why wouldn't Jesus talk about this? Why wouldn't Jesus understand that we have all of these things and denying ourselves these things can be some of the best things we can do? Because if not, we'll just at times just be gluttonous in them. And not even think about it. How many of you pray before you eat? How many of you don't? Yeah. Okay, some of you. Yeah, and I appreciate that you rose your hand. Right? How many pray the Johnny Appleseed prayer? Oh, the Lord is good to me. And so I thank the Lord. Nobody? I'll stop. Okay. Giving thanks for what we have is an amazing thing. But think about the guilt or you'll be halfway, and we'll do this at our house, and I'm a pastor. Like, all of a sudden, we'll be eating, and then one of our boys will be like, hey, why didn't we pray? Like, I feel really bad. Because it's about offering thanks for what we are given. But my fear, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to journey this with you, my friends, is the fear that I have that there are times we don't. Because we take it for granted. Richard Foster writes this, the disciplined person is a person who can do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. He writes, now I can take a basketball and I can, I can get it into the basketball hoop eventually. But I cannot take a basketball and get it to the basketball hoop when it needs to be gotten into the basketball hoop. I think that makes sense. Because he's not a disciplined basketball player. One of the things you love about the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, right? Not LeBron, sorry, that conversation, I'm not even going to have it. You wanted them to take the last shot, right? If Michael Jordan was on the floor, you wanted him to take the last shot because he was disciplined in those situations. He has the tradition. He, he, it was who he was. In the prime of Michael Jordan's career, in the prime of Kobe Bryant's career, okay, and I put them number one and two in my season of watching basketball as the best basketball players I've ever seen. You, they were known for their skill. They were known for ice in their veins. They were going to take the clutch last shot. Nobody in the 90s looked at Michael Jordan and go, I wonder if he's a good baker. Like, I wonder if he knows how to scramble eggs. No, because he was known for being a disciplined basketball player. Before we even get to fasting, let's just look at the word discipline. The church should be known for their discipline. 
Now, not necessarily their discipline. I mean, they should. It's part of the true church of giving discipline and correcting people when, when they've done wrong. The discipline we're talking about is being disciplined in our faith, being disciplined with our Jesus, being disciplined with our Bible, being disciplined people. It's called spiritual disciplines for a reason because you're just not endowed with it. You have to grow in it. You have to do the work. But what we have to understand is something like fasting is a valid biblical tradition. So we see it all over the scriptures. Abraham's servant, when he was seeking a bride for Isaac. Moses, on several occasions. Hannah, when she prayed for a child. David, several occasions. Elijah, after his victory over Jezebel. Ezra, when he was mourning Israel's faithfulness. Nehemiah, when he was preparing for his trip back to Israel. Esther, when God's people were threatened with extermination. Daniel, with, on numerous occasions. The people of Nineveh, including cattle. Involuntary, no doubt. Jesus, when he began his public ministry, oh, we'll get there. Paul, at the point of his conversion. The Christians of Antioch, when they sent Paul and Barnabas off to do their mission work. Paul and others, when they appointed elders in all the churches. So that's what we see in Scripture. We also see church tradition. Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Knox, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards. Why are they all named John? David. Uh, David Brainerd, Chris Finley, almost said Chris Farley. Nope, I don't think he did. And many, many others. We also see it outside of biblical tradition. Socrates, Aristotle, some of those philosophers of the age, they saw the importance of fasting. Now, we're, they didn't with the same discipline that believers do, but going without is not a bad thing. That we have to be disciplined. Remember on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. He didn't say if. He said when. Because Jesus is calling us to do stuff like this. People, when they come into my office and they say that, uh, that life's really hard for them and you know they come in and they vent or they confess or they give testimony or whatever but when I hear a lot of the me 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 which is okay it's, it's fine we all get like that but it's when oh pastor I just don't know what to do I don't under I say get your butt out and serve find yourself in giving of yourself for a lot of the world that doesn't make any sense because it's all about I'll find myself by what I get by my stature, by the, my, my riches, by my, my fame, my likes on Facebook, all of these things. That w- the world thinks we find ourselves by getting. The Christian finds himself by giving, by denying. Jesus said, if you will come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Because, again, this is more of an overview sermon. We're going to get to more specific points uh, in the weeks to come. The thing that I love about fasting, it exposes something in all of us. It exposes what controls us. As we go through this, it's going to get uncomfortable. Because spiritual disciplines, denying oneself, fasting, like we're going to talk about, reveals to us what we're controlled by. What we take for granted. What we may truly believe we are doing. 
not what God is doing. So fasting is going to bring that conversation. The idea of spiritual disciplines are going to bring that conversation. Richard Foster writes this, we fast because it reveals the things which control us. You see, we cover up what is inside of us with food and other good things. But in fasting, these kind of things come to the surface. He says, what, what if you want, or if you want to know one of the first things that he learned with his experience with fasting, it was my lust for good feelings. His desire to feeling good about himself. Whether that's self-affirmation, maybe that's some kind of gratification, whatever it was. He writes it more about it in his book. But what it is controls us. I know if I, I've asked, you know, we, we, maybe you've prayed the prayer like David did. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from my transgressions, but uphold me by your spirit. How many of you are the primary laundry person in your house? This isn't to cause fights, okay? What is the purpose of doing laundry? Don't overthink it. To clean your clothes, right? Yeah, because your clothes are, yeah. And so in order to clean something, something has to be removed. When we enter spiritual disciplines, when we ask that dangerous prayer, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Well, you just said it. It means that something needs to be removed. It's some sin, some sin nature, some sin activity. Whatever it is, in order to be clean, you have to be dirty. If you already had a clean heart, right, who says to someone, why are we cleaning an already clean shirt? We don't. You clean something that's dirty. You cleanse something that needs it. Spiritual disciplines do that. Lord, I'd so appreciate if you would reveal to me what's inside of me. The Lord said, or the Lord, he said, I'd be delighted. How about a little fast? So I would. And pretty soon I'm exploding with anger. And all of a sudden I think I'm angry because I'm hungry. And I understand all about low blood sugar and so forth. But then I realize I'm angry because there's a spirit of anger within me. And I have to deal with that. Foster writes, oh, so many things. Pride. Do you want to know how many religiously respectable ways there are for letting people know that you're okay? <laughs> Fear, hostility, bitterness, anger, these kind of things are the things that begin to surface when we enter these spiritual disciplines. There's a spiritual discipline of prayer. So let me ask, how's your prayer life? Are you connecting with God on or daily or just before a meal, before a long trip, because we don't really pray to God for our commute to work, but when we go to Michigan, we pray for traveling mercies. One of the things that's going to reveal to all of us, friends, myself, first and foremost, is just kind of how lopsided we are, how inconsistent we are with our faith, and how we take stuff for granted. But fear, or but fasting is usable by the Holy Spirit. He uses it to reveal what controls us, but he also reveals to us where we need to move, how we need to respond Fasting should be our response to urgent needs. 
Foster writes this, we fast because there's a need. We see that in that list of what we gave. Right? When people were in preparation for things, they fasted. When something that God did was, uh, you know, uh, conquering Jezebel, winning a war, they fasted to keep their focus on God. Why would they need to do that? Because there are things always wanting to take our focus. When things go well, we get the job, we get the promotion. I follow a comedian uh, called John Christ, and he does a podcast, and he talks about the tire pump, right? That we do things in our life, and if we're being honest, we do it to get our tires pumped a little bit, right? Meaning that we get a little bit of that, 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 that popularity or we, that feeling good about ourselves, all of those kind of things. But that's what gets revealed. When we think we're the ones doing it all, we have a pride in us. Confession time. There are times, and this is coming from a pastor, right? There are times that I walk off this pulpit and I say, maybe you even hear me because I mumble it usually out loud. Lord, I hope you made sense of whatever that was. And that is when usually someone comes up to me and says, were you in my life today? Because that was exactly the sermon I needed to hear. There's a part of me that wants to go, who's sitting at the right hand of God now? I want to take, I want to take that and I want to go, it's because of me. No. No, because I remind myself of what I said when I got off the pulpit going, I don't know what that mess was. Lord, hopefully you made sense of it. That in everything we do, we have this opportunity to be prideful about it. Even if we're only mediocre at it. Because we know that we're better than another person. Fasting brings all of this up. Fasting exploits, right, and shines a light on the things that are controlling us and the things we need to do in our life. Foster writes this, now if we really expect to fast, we need to know the basic notion in the first place. The central idea of fasting is, like we said, the voluntary denial of an otherwise normal function for that spiritual activity. Now remember, there is not a thing wrong with these normal functions in life. It is just that there are times when we set them aside in order to concentrate. Now when you see it from that perspective, you can understand both the reasonableness of fasting as well as the broader dimensions of it. I've said this to some of you before. Then you come into my office and you go, I'm really having a struggle with this decision. Or the one that I laugh out loud about when people come in and say, Pastor, who should I vote for? Sorry, that's not part of my job. That's not something I'll ever offer you. Because you know me, I don't really step into that political world. But what do I say? Pray, fast, seek what the Lord wants from you. Engage the Father. Don't engage the pastor. Engage the Father. Don't fast for me. Fast for God. Concentrate and seek Him in whatever it is that you're trying to figure out. I was a youth pastor in Carroll Stream. And I had this fairly spiritual, like, 16-year-old. And he would always, every other week after youth group, Pastor, can I talk to you? To the point where I kind of knew it was coming. Pastor, I fasted this week, and I think I should ask this girl out. Two weeks later, Pastor, I fasted this week, and I think I should ask this girl out. Different girl. Two weeks later, and I, so finally I just sat him down. I said, 
brother, I think you're fasting wrong. I said, if there are all these girls that you want to date, I don't think you should be dating. And he just kind of looked at me and goes, that's what God kept saying. But I kept telling him no. One of the things about fasting that we will understand over the coming weeks is when we ask God thing and he answers, we should listen. When God brings these things up, when he calls us to move, encourage us to go. And we need to fast. Now here are some of the things we're going to talk about as I close today. We need times of fasting. First one, from the media. Absolutely. Keep going. We need times of fasting from our socials. Social media, that's for all those cool kids that know what that means, right? We need the fasting from our socials. That also means social life, so we'll get to that in a minute. But Facebook, Instagram, the studies they've done. For when you see you have a notification on your phone from an Instagram, a TikTok, or whatever, that what goes on in your body is so incredibly sad, it does make me weep a little bit for all of us. And I'm, I'm right there with us. That someone liked a picture of me from high school, that it changes the chemistry of my body because someone hit like. And now with artificial intelligence, who knows what hit it? But it still makes me feel something about myself. So we need times of fasting from socials. We need time of fasting from conversations. Yes, I will take my own advice. That sometimes we need to fast from using words. Thank you. That was a good laugh. She's laughing because she doesn't think we can do it. Ever thought about that? Our need to want to tell a story our need to want to share a story, our need to give words, to not discern our words. I work in the church. It's one of the worst places for filters because a lot of us throw that in this filter of spirituality. God told me to say this to you. God told me that we need to do this. You're like, oh, it's never happened here at Munster Church. No, it hasn't happened 17 times in four and a half years. But I will have people that come and tell me that. Pastor, God told me that we need to do this ministry. God told me that I need to be leading this. And if you were one of them, you know what my response is. Fantastic. Have them tell the elders. Because one of the things fasting does, it exposes our agendas. It exposes our lack of filters. It exposes our sin. But there are times we need to fast from conversations. Next one, we need times of fasting from consuming. And this is whatever you want it to be. A lot of us go to food, right, because we consume food. But it doesn't have to stop there. It's not just uh, uh, exclusive to that. That we need times of fasting from consuming one of the best ways to do that is to give. Instead of consume, what's the opposite of consume? I'm asking, I don't know. It's not throw up, because that's a weird sermon point. We just need times of throwing up. Maybe we do. Maybe I'll use it. Provide. Thank you. Produce. I'm done taking those. We're good. Provide, produce. You get it. You win. But sometimes instead of consuming, we need to do that. Huh. I'm pretty sure Jesus talks about that a lot. 
One I'll come to, Matthew 25. When you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. So friends, it's going to be a journey. I'm so excited. We're going to look a little bit in the mirror over the next couple weeks. But I can already see in some of your eyes, the wheels already starting to turn. Because one of the biggest things we need to fast from first is the active sin in our life. You can't deny that. No one's ever going to say, no, but I like to active sin. No, I get that. We all do. That's the lust of sin. That's the desire to do it. But if you're going to ask God to be honest with you, then you need to be honest with him. Lord, I want to I wanna fast uh, so I can decide what to do with that. But I'm going to still look at pornography. Yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, I, you know, I really want to grow spiritually in this, but I'm going to dog these people online. Nope. That goes down as one of my gymisms, right? You've all told me about this. You can't be a Christian and say, I'm going to murder a little, right? It's not a thing. That if we're going to ask God to expose in us what controls us, the areas that we are falling hard, then we need to be honest with those. Because no one ever can say to Jesus, I think you're wrong. When Jesus says, brother, sister, friend, this is what is controlling you, this is Jesus saying that. We can't say, Jesus, you got it wrong. But friends, we do that. So as we journey this, understand that grace abounds. That we love you here at Munster Church. And as we have these conversations, let's have fun with it. Let's be honest with it. And if I don't see any of you next week, I'll understand. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about fasting, to talk about how you work in our lives. And God, it's going to be uncomfortable. We know that because there's sin in our life. Father, we recognize if there was no sin, this would be an easy conversation. And we do it every day. But we don't. So Father, as we go into our week, create in us a clean heart. Start pruning. Renew a right spirit within us. Cast us not away from our transgressions, but uplift us by your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for our friend, Richard Foster, who helped us today with his points. May we be honest. May we come expecting. We come thankful. We pray this in your Holy Son's name. Amen. Please stand if you are able.